0: If you haven't pressed in, let's do it right now. Just with your own, use just your own words right now. And I'm just going to pray. And you just pray it how you want to. Say, Jesus, this morning, it's been a hectic morning. I've been running to this, busy getting ready, doing this. But Jesus, I just want you to know right now, I'm falling on my face before you. And I'm saying, I need you, Jesus. Jesus, I choose to participate with you. I choose to press into you. I choose to have your way in my life. I choose to have you to intervene in my life. And Jesus, thank you that you are willing right now to do that. Amen? Amen. 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 It doesn't take much, folks. You just simply say, I'm pressing into you. That's what I want right there. Look at this. So we see just his willingness to get in this. By the way, here's what's neat about this. You cannot find in Scripture... Where someone comes to Jesus and he turned them away. Every time someone presses into Jesus, he stops and involves himself with it. So don't have a fear that you're going to press into Jesus and nothing's going to happen. You press into him and his willingness is already there. But you know what I know this for the first time? Of course, y'all, like me, y'all probably have read this story a hundred times. But I guess I never know this. But look there in verse 3. Okay, he's willing, right? He moves in action. Verse 2 says this Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. Here's what I've never noticed. He got in the boat with Simon. And he's so willing, which you need to know, folks. When you press into him this morning, he's going to get in your boat with you. You feel like your boat's sinking? You feel like your boat's struggling? Well, that boat, folks, it could be what's going on in your marriage, what's going on in your job, what's going on in your life, any area. You know what Jesus says? I'll get in that boat with you. But you just got to give me something to work with. You just give me a little bit of hunger. You just give me a little bit of pressing into me, and I'm willing, and I'm just waiting for you to line up because that's all I need to get involved. Just give him, folks, just a little bit of faith. You can be like that man says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Jesus says, oh, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't have to come to me with a mighty mountain of faith. Just give me a little bit. Just somebody get a little bit hungry. you all know that? I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus says, oh, that's all I need. Just give him a little bit, folk. And he you always know what it says? He'll get right in the boat with you. You know why? Because what you're going through, and then at that point, then you're not abandoned, you're not flying solo, and you're not on your own to figure it out and make it all happen. What did Jesus do? He saw just a little bit of faith there. Somebody pressed into him. He says, I'll jump up in the boat with you. And now watch what's fixing to happen. Watch what I'm going to do with you. Oh, I'm preaching a little bit better than this, folks. Wake up. Come on. Here we go. But now, and here's actually the verse that caught me that made me focus on, on, on this passage. And it's what happened. Now, obviously, you see this opportunity to get invited with him. But look at this challenge. Look at the challenge that Jesus then, then puts upon them. Because, folks, every time every time Jesus reveals something to you, shows something to you, teaches you something, there comes a challenge with it. And it's this one right here. It is a two-fold challenge. It will happen every time. Because look at this, verse 4. When he has stopped speaking, okay, Jesus, he shares it, right? And then he says, all right, here's your challenge. And he, he stopped, he looked right at Simon, which is Peter, and said, Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Every time you press into Jesus... And then you realize he's willing, he's going to jump in the boat with you, he's going to start to do something with you, he's going to be showing you this, doing that, revealing this to you, and then he's going to tell you, so guess what, now you've got to launch out and you've got to let down. Every time. That's the challenge that's presented. Now, in the Greek, we can say that launch out, that's a single word, and then let down, that's a single word. But here's the thing, notice it says you launch out into the deep. You can right now just you, you know where this is going. Launch out into the deep. What is it about the deep? It's scary, isn't it? You don't know what's there. It's deep because you can't see the bottom. You know, Jack and I just went. Up, we're on the cruise about a month ago. And it's amazing when you're down there. And I forgot what part you were just key West, going Bahamas. Even though the visibility. I mean, goodness gracious! You see thirty feet deep, you know, whereas, then we're doing the triathlon in Ross Barnett last Saturday, you can't see half an inch in that water. I mean, you can't. Right? I mean, I mean, you might as well close your eyes and swim out there. It's, it's so low. But here we're down in the Bahamas, visibility is so deep, and the water is one color. But you always knew when I was saying you got into the deep water because it became just a deep blue, and you can't even see the bottom. It just goes for miles deep. And folks, sometimes that's how it is. Jesus is going to come to you and he's going to tell you to launch out. And by the way, you're not going to be able to know it all. You're not going to see it all. You're not going to have it all figured out. You just got to launch out. That's what faith is about. You just don't know what's all there. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. God gave him this much information and told him to take that big of a leap. Right? And that's what he'll do with you. He's going to show you something. And now he's going to say, launch out. Maybe just as we were doing this marriage stuff the past five, six weeks, you heard something and you know it's something that the Lord told you in your heart. And then I said, okay, now you've got to launch out and do it, big boy. Now you're going to love your wife like Christ loved the church. And you're going, well, this is intimidating. And by the way, there's nothing more intimidating than a husband to have to open up with pure communication with his wife. Can I hear that as an amen, guys? Is that, is that not right? I mean, we'd rather, you know, battle the corporate world any day over that. But so guess what? But Jesus says, you launch out and you begin loving her even though she may not be all that lovely all the time. Or, or ladies, it may be, okay, respect him even though he sure hasn't been all that respectable this week in the house. Sometimes you just got to launch out by faith and you do it. So when, however that applies in your life, just make note of this. He's going to tell you to launch out every time. It's intimidating. You don't know what's there and you're going, oh my goodness, I can't touch bottom. Yeah, that's faith. But, he's gonna, but remember, he says, I'm in the boat with you. So you're launching out and he's right there with you the whole way. So he tells you this. Not only does he tell you to launch out, but then he turns around. And he tells you to let down. Let down. Here's what's interesting about that word, let down. Of course, obviously, let down your nets for a big catch. Now, what had Peter been doing? He had been working his tail off all night long, right? We see that in another verse down. But that word for let down, actually, it's, it's a single word in Greek, two different roots, blah, 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 blah. One of the roots, you know what it has to deal with? You know what it means? To rest. To rest. To rest. Let down your nets. I want to talk about two things. Just Like I said, this is just what the Lord just showed me as I was going through this. First of all, when it comes to letting down, it actually, actually means two things, to loosen and then it means to, to, to then rest. But folks, once you launch out, one of the things you're going to have to do, you're going to have to just let go of some things. You're going to have to loosen your hold of just being able to control everything. Because when you're in the deep, you're not in control. You're just simply saying, Jesus, you're in control of this because it's too late. You've done launched out, right? By the time Peter did this, at this point, he said, well, all my efforts don't mean much right now because I, here I am standing on water. So, folks, there is, and uh, you're going to have to be able to say, so you know what? This self-reliance, this self-determination, I will make this work. I'll make this Christian life work. No, you won't you just won't you're gonna have to say jesus by your power by your spirit you make it work and folks the root of that word comes from the same word for rest matter of fact it was uh it was a word used in the medical community means to relax your joints that feels good everyone right now just relax your joints huh like, get ready for massage. You're just relaxing the joints. And you know what? And it's, just, it's just whatever's making you tense, whatever's just causing anxiety in your heart right now. And the Lord's saying, let it down, let it down, and enter into my rest. Isn't it interesting, one of the very few things Jesus ever tells you to work at doing is to rest. Now, isn't that interesting? Hebrews chapter 4, therefore, be diligent to enter into his rest. He doesn't tell you, work hard so you can be accepted. Work hard so you can be sanctified. Work hard so that I'll, like, think good about you this week. The only, God, the only thing God tells you to do is work at entering my rest. You know why? Because it's so counter to our minds, isn't it? We think, I'm going to do it. Control this. Do this. Do this. But what's he tell you to do? You work at resting. So you're going to launch out in faith. devil didn't like rest, did he? Well, that's alright. I'll just use this. Alright. I think the battery went dead. Paul told me before I start, you need to change that battery. Well, you saw, saw how well I listen to orders, huh? And Jackie can tell you all about that. Um, here we go. Where was it? So, folks, you've got to learn to rest. Because if you're going to launch out, rest involves trust. And by the way, in Hebrews, uh, matter of fact, I think we were listening Joseph Prince the other day. He said, The opposite of unbelief is rest. You think it's faith and unbelief, but it's not. It's rest. He says, They did not enter my rest because of unbelief. See, because rest involves trust. Trust and unbelief are the two things. And here's what I found in my life I don't really, when I say unbelief, it, I'm not talking about disbelief. You see, when the Lord tells me to launch out into something new, and it's real deep, obviously, I just want to go where I can make sure I can see it all. That's the engineering side of me, practical, realist. You know, I want to compute it, calculate it, see it. It's just how I am. So I only want to go so far without just, you know, as I call it, just getting dumb and just jumping on out there, right? But here's the thing. That's not unbelief is just no belief and there's a big difference in that how see it's disbelief is saying well I don't believe Jesus I am not no that's not what I'm saying at all I'm just living in a place of no belief meaning belief isn't necessary because I can I can calculate it figure it all out folks that's a place of no belief if I if in my life, if every area, I have everything figured out, and I see it all over, folks, then I had not launched out. Because Jesus is always telling you to launch out into the deep. So know that in whatever circumstance where the Lord is putting on your mind right now, know that he's telling you two things. This morning, you've got to launch out, and you've got to let go. You're going to have to learn to rest in him and just let it go. A couple of more things as we went on in this, in this verse. Um, let's look here at... Uh, There in verse 5. Now notice Peter's response. Peter answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And here's the thing. Every time Jesus challenges you to launch out and let down, you're going to have obstacles you're going to have to overcome, and generally obstacles of the mind. Now notice this with Peter. He's sitting here. Jesus says, launch out and let down. And Peter goes, I've been working my tail off all night long. But he says, but nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. And you know, for I bet I spent 30 minutes in my mind trying to figure this out. I kept saying, well, Lord, is this an example of obedience or is it an example of faith? Right, just taking a radical step of faith? Or is he just obeying? And I kept going back and forth. Is he obeying or is it faith? Is he obeying or is it faith? And finally, I just felt the Lord said yes. Because oftentimes, folks, faith is just simply obedience. Now, faith can oftentimes involve more than that. But understand this. Many times in our life, you want to know what faith is, it's just simply obedience. Faith is obedience. So instead of trying to figure it out, God just said, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Faith is obedience. And here's what I was thinking of. He had this first obstacle of not understanding. Now, obviously, he didn't understand why Jesus was telling him to do this because he's looking at his situation of working hard all night. But he still chose to obey. And, folks, if you're waiting till you can figure out what God is doing, before you obey, you're never going anywhere. You're never going anywhere. Noah says, okay, Lord, as soon as I, uh, are y'all like this, like things are going on in certain circumstances, and you're going, God, I just don't understand this. I just don't understand this. And so you find yourself what's called, just paralyzed because you don't do anything until you can figure out what God's up to. But the thing is, if you're paralyzed and you're not moving, then you're not obeying. Because there's always something for you to do. Because guess what? You're not even praying. You're not worshiping. You're just paralyzed because you don't understand. But folks, obedience is what God rewards, not understanding. You'll never find anywhere in Scripture says, because you understand all, I reward you. Because you understand what I'm up to, I'll reward you. But you'll find many places it says, because you're obeying I'll reward you and I'll bless you. He blesses obedience, not our understanding. And what you'll find is that oftentimes in your life, you're saying, well, as soon as I understand what's going on, then I'll start obeying. What you fail to realize is the key to understanding is the obeying. Because as soon as you start obeying, then the Holy Spirit starts bringing you understanding. And because when you start obeying and you're taking those steps of faith, you're doing these things, you're obeying the Lord, then you come to a point and you go, Ah, oh, now I get it. Because you turn around and you look back in hindsight, as you've been walking in obedience, and you go, "That's what he was up to." But if you're way back here saying, "Until I figure out what God's up to," I'm not going anywhere, and then you'll never have understanding. It's only in the obedience you're going to look back. You know, because here you are, you're, you're, you're. You've changed your life. You're trying to live toward your spouse in a certain way. It's like as we've do, been doing this mirror stuff, saying, God, I don't understand. It, it's not working. And God just says, you just keep obeying, keep obeying, keep obeying. And at one point, you're going to stop. You're going to turn around and say, Lord, that's what you were up to. That's what you were doing all along. Folks, it's the obedience that's rewarded. So here's Peter. He has his first obstacle to overcome is this. He didn't understand why God was doing this. He didn't understand what was up. See, he saw a present reality that he just got through working hard all night and got nothing. Didn't get anything for you English teachers. But folks, you have two realities at work in your life at, at each and every moment. There's always two realities. There's the present reality, which is what you see. I've been working hard all night. And not getting anywhere. But then there's the superior reality, which is what his word says. Notice Peter says, I've been working hard all night. That's his present reality, right? Yeah, that's exactly what just happened. But he said, Nevertheless, at your word, which is the superior reality, I'll do it. And folks, at any one time, you have to say, though my life and circumstance, whether in your job, marriage, where it may be a certain way, I also recognize there is a superior reality, which is what God's word says that situation should look like. So I'm going to keep launching out, and I'm going to keep walking in obedience, because in doing that, then it brings the present reality in line with what the superior reality talked about and promised, Right? because that's eventually what happened here so here we have Peter has this obstacle of not understanding but also and there, granted there's always different types of obstacles but the other one I'm going to talk about is just disappointment can y'all just see how disappointed Peter was have y'all just ever been a faithful to the Lord you're just doing everything and you just you just said well God I'm doing all this stuff for you and it just hadn't meant squat. Squat's not a Greek word, but it is a redneck Mississippi term. Y'all ever felt like that before? You're doing all this stuff? Well, it doesn't mean, it hadn't meant squat. It has gotten me nowhere. Here's Peter, he just did this all night long, and then he said, and then Jesus comes along, and tells him we long launch out on faith. And he had to overcome the obstacle of disappointment because what he had to say was, I'm completely disappointed. I'm tired of this. I'm sick of it. Forget it. Matter of fact, he's at the shore. He's washing his nets. It's not like he rebelled. He just says, I'm done. See, the biggest challenge for most believers isn't that you're going to go rebel and, you know, go run around on your spouse and start doing drugs next week and everything else. <laughs> Some may, <laughs> but... um, but you know what the biggest challenge for most believers? They just get to a point and they say, Well, I'm done. I'm done. I've gone far enough with the Lord. And I'm you know, no, I, I have been disappointed, so I'll still show up. I'll punch my little clock and Sundays going to church and show up for a few Sunday nights. And in the rare blue moon, I'll punch a Wednesday night clock. But I tell you what, I'm done. I have been disappointed too many times by God's people in the church and everything else. And then it's just like Jesus to walk along and says, um, I want you to uh, launch out again into the deep. And you're like, you got to be joking me. Peter had all this disappointment, folks. And all Jesus said was, launch out and let down Noah's rest And maybe it's because the reason why you were disappointed is because you were toiling all night and not trusting him to start with. See what I'm saying? He wasn't trusting the Lord to catch first time out, was he? What was he doing? I'm working hard. I'm going to do this. I'm dotting all my I's, crossing all my T's. I'm following all the rules. I'm doing all this stuff for the Lord. I'm serving here, doing this, doing that. Jesus didn't call him to toil. He just said, let down, rest your nets, and see what I bring in. he'd been laboring all night and it wasn't working he had that disappointment but Peter said nevertheless at your word I will let down the nets now I'll finish up here in a couple of verses verse 6 and 7 says this and when they had done this they called a great number of fish and their net was breaking so they signaled to their partners in the boat to come and help them and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink now listen to this Peter was the one that Jesus said, "Launch out and let down," and Peter had to overcome that obstacle of just disappointment. Don't forget, his net was already washed; he was done. He could "No, we'll do this on another day. I'm not doing it now. I'm done." But he chose. All right, I'll do it again because there's a superior reality of your word and of your, I mean, a superior reality of His promise. But here's the thing: when Peter obeyed. In faith. And what you need to learn is this. It doesn't just affect you. Because notice what happened. In that verse 6 it says, When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, so much that their nets were beginning to break, right? And then there in verse 7, they signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. Your faith is not intended for just you. But everyone around you is dependent upon it. Everyone in your life is dependent upon you obeying the Lord. This is not just about you and Jesus. Because if Peter wouldn't have obeyed, then all these other people wouldn't have come with their boats and gotten it all filled up as well. Folks, there is a life that Jesus offers, and what you got to realize, when you refuse to walk in his life, when you refuse to receive the life that he's wanting to give to you and do in you, then the problem is everyone else in your life is deprived of that life as well. It's not just about you, folks. It's not just about me. We are put here to walk in partnership with him, to enter in as a father of Jesus, And you know what? When I obey that, regardless of the disappointments I face, regardless of the obstacles I have to overcome, there's other people that's dependent upon me obeying, and there's other people dependent upon you obeying. Whether it's a lost family member or there's someone else, whatever the situation may be, your faith is not intended for just you alone. A multitude of people or weighing in that balance of us doing that, of that life that's offered. Um, I'm going to skip one point here, because here's what I'm I'm going to just go with this last point. Turn to chapter 8, verse 22. Still in Luke, chapter 8, verse 22. I want you all to see this. Here's what it looks like to follow Jesus. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake and they, what they do? Launch out. This is the never-ending story of following Jesus. As soon as she get to one place with Jesus, as soon as she finally got this God thing figured out, you're walking with the Lord, everything's cool, and guess what Jesus tells you again? Launch out. Launch out. Y'all see that? Because see, what they had learned in the previous lesson that we just looked at in chapter 5, oh, they now believe that Jesus had power over the fish. He filled up the nets. But now they was about to learn Jesus has power over the wind and the seas as well. And that's what you and I have to learn. He's constantly taking us as we follow him in partnership with him that we come to one place of trusting him, resting him. Oh, I believe God can do that. Absolutely. And you know, you know in that area of your life, you have just full of faith and full of trust. And then the Lord says, and guess what? Over here in this area, you're going to have to launch out again because it never ends. Ask the people who have walked with the Lord for 30, 40, 50 years. You know, will they tell you? Every time they turn around, Jesus tells them again, launch out, because there's something. What, well, right, Miss Beth? Not that you're, you know. She's still a young chicken now, but, you know. Folks, you... uh-uh. Uh-uh. Well, we, we stirred up that nest, didn't we? All right. All right.
1: I don't have any notes, but I tell you what, God has just, he wouldn't let me be still back there, and I think Shannon and Shay know it, because I've done everything except kick them, and John has looked at me less today than he's ever looked at me, and I don't know why, but I want you young folks to know something. I looked at this as John has been bringing the lesson that the Lord laid on his heart, and these past lessons that he has brought about marriage. I hope you heard that. Not here, but here. Husbands, lead your family. Wives, respect your husband. Teach your children. But look at what he's been teaching to us today. He keeps talking about working for the Lord. He, John, working for the Lord, working for the Lord, working for the Lord. How many of you will get up in the morning at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock and go work for the Lord? You're going to work for yourself and for your family. Then you'll think about the Lord. I know I've been there. I've worked two jobs. I've gone to school all at the same time trying to make a living for my family. Then I called on the Lord. And that's when I always fell flat on my face. It's when I put my work ahead of God. Now, where did I stay today? Where did I stay today? Where am I today? <laughs> put out into the deep water and let down the nets to catch. The first thing that I thought of is exactly what he's already said, he John's already said. Peter was through. I worked. I'm not going to do it again. And folks, he didn't have old nets or he wouldn't have been washing them. He had good nets. He knew that his nets would hold the fish if the fish would just come in there. A lot of times we don't think about that. And I love that part in there that you brought out so well, but I've got to reiterate this. What God does for me, He doesn't mean for me to keep it. We mean to share it. And how can we share it? There's too many of us that walk around with a long face on us. Oh, here I've got to go again. I've been accused of that. And I've seen myself so many times in the mirror, and I'm not looking at anybody else but Beth Merritt. And when God has given me a challenge to launch out, when God has given me a challenge to go ahead and work a little bit more, is not somebody else standing there patting me on the shoulder and saying, yeah, you did a good job. You can do it again. I can do it again only, only because God is directing me. And how do I know God is directing me unless I'm in the Word? It's not what John says. It's what God wrote. Because in First Peter, the Word will stand. But if we're not in the Word, how do we know how to stand? Oh, my lands, I know I shouldn't be up here saying all of this. John has brought such a good lesson that the Lord's laid on his heart, and he's been doing that for weeks. But I've had one of the greatest challenges this week I've ever had in my life. I've already shared it with two or three of you. I have been so nervous this week about soon turning 80 years of life with God. And, John, you hit it square on the head with a big old sledgehammer on a little old bitty nine-penny nail when you said you're not in control. These two girls, Shay, and a lot of the others that I don't know about, has flat taken over my 80th birthday party. (laughs) You dropped that a while ago. I'm not in control. And then they get up this morning and they say, there's going to be music, there's going to be fun, there's going to be a lot of time. And I look at them like, <laughs> I've had trouble trying to find some pictures. I've had trouble trying to find something that was fun in my life, what we would call fun. Like John went on a cruise. I ain't never been on a cruise. <laughs> and then John comes back and what does he do? He compares the muddy reservoir to about a half an inch deep to where you can't even see the bottom. Ain't God great? We can't see the bottom because if we could, we would not have to have rest. We would not have to have hope. We would not have to have courage. We would not have to have a desire. I'm talking about a deep down burning desire in here that's going to make you want to get up and go to work because you're going to beat somebody today that you have not met before and you're going to be able to witness to the However, this past week, I've got to share this with you folks. I had a lady to call me from Las Vegas yesterday afternoon. No, she wasn't gambling. She's moved out there, and I I, I, I mean, that's what she said. I have to believe what she said. Now, what she does, I don't know. And she says, Miss Beth, in fact, I'll back up just a little bit. I was... Trying to get into the car to leave to come to JC Investor's 55th wedding anniversary yesterday, and I was real short when the phone rang. I says, Hello, this is Beth. Well, you don't have to be short with Hazel. Who's Hazel? I know Hazel. I know one Hazel. This doesn't sound like Hazel. I says, Where are you? I'm in Las Vegas. What are you doing in Las Vegas? I've moved out here with my daughter. She's working for the National. International Paper Company that's closing their office here or that has closed their office here she's out there working with the National Office for International Paper Company and Hazel I met about 30 years ago at one convention at one convention and she said so and so call me I didn't even remember the name Beth Merritt I want you to know that if my uncle will loan me the money, I'll be flying to Jackson because I want to be with you for your 80th birthday because of what you meant to me all these years ago. I've shared that with you to say, the people that you touch today, we don't have any promise of tomorrow, will remember you 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now. Don't miss the opportunity to let other folks know that you stand for Jesus because without Jesus we ain't got no reason to live and if you don't know him I'm not talking about church attendance I don't care how many times you've been sprinkled baptized or anything else I'm talking about a relationship right here with your heart I'm not talking about punching the buttons as he says oh well I'm disappointed in the church I don't like the way the pastor points points his hair if he's got any I don't like the toothpaste That high power uses. I don't like because he doesn't talk like I do. A while ago when John said something about squat, and he said, Redneck, Mississippi, I thought maybe that was Mississippi State and not the university. And then I said, no, it has to be Mississippi Southern in Hattiesburg. (laughs) I don't understand what Redneck, Rankin County, Mississippi is because I'm originally from Tucson, Arizona. And I never heard the word redneck until a few years ago. In fact, Pastor Tony's wife is the one that used it when she was here. She says, all right, you rednecks from Mississippi, get up. Well, I didn't get up. (laughs) Number one, I didn't know what she meant. So later on, I talked to her and she said, oh, that's just a slang that we call ourselves around here. And I'm a redneck from Mississippi. Okay, fine and dandy. But anyway, what am I saying? If you have new nets, if you have old nets, if you've worked all night long, and if for some reason you've given up and you're washing your nets and you say, I'm through, don't give up. There's still another opportunity. And I think the only thing right now that really aggravates me and annoys me is when I go into our church building and other church buildings and go out into the community and I see these old women and old men. I just can't get around. I've done my thing. Somebody else has got to go do it for me. Uh Uh-uh. I look at your daddy every Sunday morning. Mr. Strain gets up. He's the first one, I think, in this building besides whoever opens it. He sits in that orchestra pit faithfully every service. He could say, well, I taught school. I like to play the entrance, uh, the, the trombone, isn't it? He plays all of them. Okay, he plays all of them. See, I learn something by listening. <laughs> but what does he do? He comes. He shares his talent. And it's needed. You say, well, I don't have any talent. Have you looked in the mirror? I'm not talking about good looks. I said, what do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see a sleepy head? Do you see a no account something? Do you see somebody that's lazy? Or do you see somebody that's on fire because of what Jesus has done for you? Are you willing to be like Peter? Are you willing to cast out? Are you willing to meet that opportunity one more time? One more time. I appreciated you having... uh, the girl from Ukraine I looked at those pictures I do not think that God has ever allowed a child to be conceived without a purpose for that child's life how many of us don't answer it out loud talk to yourself how many of you have judged other people because you didn't like something that they did because man has named this is a big sin uh 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 Uh-uh. There's no big sins to God. We are not the judge. Jesus is. Shannon, you can't make your wife better. Shay, you can't make your husband better. But together, I know, give up on that. Give up on that and give it to Jesus. And I give it to every one of you, Jackie and John, all the rest of you. Give it to Jesus. Jesus. And then some of you are saying, well, why in the world are you up there talking? You ain't got a husband. I know it. How well I know it. There's not a day goes by that I don't remember it. There's not a day goes by that I don't think about the man. But I know one thing. God will supply your needs. And I know I'm going too long, but I can't help that right now. I've got to present this challenge to you because God would not let me stop without coming up. And John, (laughs) not graciously, but just made a statement <laughs> I know that you meant it or you wouldn't have said it I love this man for what he stands for for the time that he takes from his family and from joys that he could have looking at the deep or looking, trying to look through it studying the word we need to respect that but those of you that were originally from in one accord I'll never forget the day Not as long as I live, and I hope it's several years yet. I'll never forget the day that Keith Westbrook called. Who's Keith Westbrook? What's in one accord? I came to the class at Keith's invitation. Ryan and Lydia Sullivan rolled me in a wheelchair. And I walked into that, (laughs) I was rolled into that room upstairs, and I was sitting next to Tate. And I thought, "Oh, he's a good-looking young man." <laughs> and that was only a little more than two or three years ago,. <laughs> and then I got to thinking about, why am I here? Why am I here?" And I saw the banner that you had made in one accord, and I couldn't even read the scripture. And I thought, "What in the world does that mean? I'm being honest with you folks. But before that day was over with, I knew God had a purpose in my life for you young'uns. Now, I don't know if that's redneck Mississippi or not, but I call y'all my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and I am honored when you call me Melma. I will be 80 years old, 80 years that God has given me life on July the 2nd, but God's going to give me five days early. So we're going to celebrate, I hope, party, she says. But some of you know this, but most of you do not. I have never had a birthday party in my life. Never. And when you were talking about a while ago with the candles and there's 11, 14, 16 years old, oh, they'd always wanted a candle. I've never had a birthday party in my life. Shut your mouth. I know John had something else to say, but I just want to say, my God in heaven, through Jesus, my Savior, and the Spirit of the Holy Power, the Comforter that you give to me, oh Lord in heaven, thank you for what this group of young men and women and their children mean to me. And then stirring up they've given to me. Thank you, God, for the physical health that you've given to me, that I'm not laying in a wheelchair, I'm not on a walker, I'm not using a chain. Yes, God, thank you. Yes, God, thank you. I want to challenge each of you to stop back and think, what has God done for you today? If nothing else, he's given you a country to live in that's freedom, that we can come and worship. We can pray, we can study, we can witness to others. And I challenge you, go in peace to honor and to glorify God.
0: Let's close in prayer real, real quick. Father, we just thank you uh, that you love us so much, and Lord, just thank you for Miss Beth with the inspiration and just a role model and and mentor that she is, and uh, so Father, we just rejoice with her, Lord, just thank you that you you get in the boat with us, and you are willing to enter into every situation we have, and Lord, we just tell you today we're willing to launch out and let down and just rest and trust you. And I just pray for the service we're about to go into. Let your spirit be present, that the lost would be saved, and the saved people would just just abound in the presence of the Lord today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all.